You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10 second memory. Be a goldfish. Be a goldfish, Chris. It hurts. It, 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 it hurts. After, after Saturday night, we got a quick turnaround to Wednesday. You got to be a goldfish. That 10 second memory. That's why they're so happy. Yeah. Yes. Let me tell you, Saturday night was such a roller coaster and such an eyesore that it literally gave me pink eye. Like, I, I don't know how I got pink eye. And <laughs> yeah, that might have been. I've come to is that roller coaster, that visual roller coaster that I had on Saturday night. Only explanation I have. But welcome, everyone, to well, Battered I mean, It's Hair only Rons. fitting that we're men in pink. <laughs> For sure. It's, it's, it's only fitting. Uh, episode number seven of Battered Hair Ons. Uh, Chris, how are you doing today, sir? Or tonight? Because we're recording this I'm good. tonight. I, I, yeah, tonight. Yes, yes. I, I could. I, I'm good. I could be better. I mean, hopefully after her, after tomorrow will be even better than, than today. That's for sure. Well, I wanted to start off uh, before we get into the game. I felt like it was only right that I come clean and I, and I do what I said I was going to do. And I felt like it's time for me to offer an apology to Mr. Gonzalo Pipa Higuain. Now, I said I was going to come out with a full and shirt, correct? That's what I had originally yes, said. Yes, yes. But we didn't get the win. Yes, you did. But we didn't get the win. So I can't I can't rock the shirt yet. But I will give him credit because that was one hell of a first half. Three goals, two of them golazos. You going to say something? No, I, mean, I was going to mention, yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely felt like a win in the sense of we're, we're finally seeing some 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 churning in the offense you know and that's something that fans have been sort of dying for with this team and, and gonzalo it, it's like he has five goals in the last four games it's like something's finally clicked and i thought that maybe he had finally gotten to a place where he was comfortable coming off the bench you know really hustling for those 30 40 minutes that he might get off the bench but he's been starting. He's been playing. He's been running 90 minutes in the NYCFC game. He had almost 70 this past week. Yeah. And I'm starting to think that it might be the Pozuelo effect. Look, I think it's it's I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I, I think it's the Pozuelo effect. Um, right. I also feel that, uh, especially for a player in his position, having so much experience overseas, playing for his country, and, and having to sort of take a, a step back for a new player in Leonardo Campana to sort of take over the reins as the, the premier striker of the team. Think I, I think him? that all of that has to take effect. Yeah, for sure. I think it humbled him. I think that, uh, you know, I think you mentioned to me in the beginning of the season uh, that he mentioned in, in I think, his, his when he was signing Last with the year. team, that he's like, oh, I'm going to just light up a Cuban cigar. Yeah, and it's just going to be cake. <laughs> You know, I think yeah. I think he got a I think he got a hefty reality check for sure. Well, to his credit, he didn't say that before he got to the league. He's he had that interview after he had already played a few games and he realized that it wasn't gonna be a cakewalk. The MLS is a real competitive league. And um, I definitely think that it surprised him. This year he looked really bad to start the year. And I'm not I'm not gonna be the only one to take this bullet. I know 
yeah. that there's a far majority of fans that were unhappy with this guy. So it's not just me, but I am going to start the hashtag. I'm sorry, Iguain. If yes. he performs well these next two games, I will rock the shirt to the game next Saturday or no, the 13th, which is in two Saturdays. Uh, and and I mean, I, I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. He, he's he's not done yet. He's not done yet. But he's definitely one of the reasons this offense is clicking. Well, and I don't I don't think that he's done yet because I mean, look, you could see him when he plays. He's just on another level in terms of his knowledge of the game, his his approach to the way that he plays. I think something that stands out more than anything is sort of the attitude change and how he's been performing with the team. You know, he's been uh, he, he was a sore eye because of the way that he was playing and reacting to a lot of things. And I think, you know, the humbling uh definitely set him back to to be able to sort of look at this and say well we, we actually have a pretty good opportunity now and we can be able to take this and, and move forward in the right direction well i have a question for you now that you bring that up i agree that he's not being as demonstrative negatively on the field anymore you know he's a lot more positive you don't see him complaining as much i mean he still complains to the rest but everybody does but one thing that i noticed and that some other people brought up also when he scored those goals you know how some people go and they grab the crest and they kiss the crest and, you know, it's all about the team. What did he do when he scored those goals? Yeah. He pointed to his last name. Now, some people look at it as selfish. I I, I took it more as he hears us, not us maybe directly, but he hears the fan yeah. base, right? He, see, he yeah. knows, he's heard the boos. And I felt like he was like, you know, remember that I am still at one, or at least at one point was one of the best players in the world. And, and you know, the, the name hasn't changed, even if the, yeah. the, the, the play has fallen off a bit. All right. Now, well, I, I think, I, right. I, I don't know, I've, I, no, because I was, I was going to say, I think that there was, a, you know, the, you know, you have the, the promo videos that Inter Miami cuts up for the social media yeah. and for YouTube or whatever. And I've noticed yeah. that in a lot of those promo videos, you see Iguain sort of doing that look at the back of my jersey kind of deal. I th think it might be like a celebration that I, maybe he's accustomed to. I think it just means more because of everything that's been going on. Look, I mean, with his a player with his sort of attitude, his sort of character, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a surprise that he's doing it sort of as a shot to the to the fan base to say, hey, don't forget about me. I'm still one of the bigger players, the biggest player on this team. You know, I mean, well, I'm just I mean, just taking a look at this. I mean, he's he's right there waiting to take the 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 free kick. He sets it up, well, that was, and that it was, just that sails. Disgusting right through the wall i mean one of the defenders to be honest is just a complete crab he no, just no, the defenders had no chance that, that no that flew over their head that was that was as perfectly placed free kick as there could be um for those of you it, not watching on youtube where we got the uh the video of the goal playing um i mean that was that was perfection like at that point the class is there right because it's a set piece yeah. it's a set play like it's I mean, that's just automatic for somebody of his caliber or at one point. But there he goes. There he goes pointing to his jersey, his name. And I think that I think that because I, I showed this I showed this clip to someone who is not an MLS fan. He's okay. a fan of, you know, uh, the Premier League. And when okay. he watched that, the one thing that he mentioned to me was 
none of the defenders jumped. And that's something that you don't see in the Premier League. All the defenders are jumping, whatever. Like, I get it, guy. Yeah. You watch the best of the best league ever. I get it. You <laughs> want to be that guy? You could be that guy. But that guy to, to me, down. like, now, now I understand what he's saying because, look, I mean, there are really good players in the Premier League, a lot better than than MLS, uh, in 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 a total scheme. But yeah, of course, you know, it it does makes it does make sense to me that. I would I would assume that the defender would jump knowing that uh, the ball is coming towards them to sort of help the the goal blocking it. But if you notice, yeah. none of them jumped. I think they all were shook because Iguain's taking the kick. I mean, Iguain's been playing poorly. You don't. I mean, at, at that angle, there's only one place that he could really put it, either the the, the near post or the far post. I felt like they thought that it was going to be a very difficult shot. And all credit to him. A, a lot of players. Try to kick the ball under the wall. When the players jump, they kick it under yeah. them. Maybe they were like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna just make him. If he can make it, he can make it. And we're gonna block. Credit to him. And 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 he, and he did it. He did it. And, and let me tell you, in that second goal, hit the Pozuelo, the way he found Iguain cutting through, and the way he went around the goalie. I mean, again, I I can't do anything but say I'm sorry, Iguain, because that was one hell of a play and. Back to what we were saying, that's the Pozuelo effect. I feel like Iguain needs somebody to feed him the ball in those positions. Because before Pozuelo got there, and even last game, I felt like Iguain feels or has no confidence in the midfielders. So he goes and he plays out in the midfield a lot, trying yeah. to get the ball and create for himself. Because he's like, you guys can't seem to create anything. I got to come all the way back here instead of playing up top in my striker position because I need to figure out how to help this offense get going. But now I feel like yeah. he has Pozuelo there, and he's like, Pozuelo will get me. He has me. And I, I think that, that that that's a big deal, man. Well, I think I think the, the Pozuelo effect, in my opinion, is something that, like we talked about when, when we ended up obtaining Pozuelo, mm -hmm. you know, I, and I told you this just in our private conversations, you know, the moment that they get this guy, we might see a, a 180. A yeah. Yeah, for Higuain, sure. where it's like you said, the Pozuelo effect is, is is fully, fully it's it's fully conducted, and now we have a, a, a midfielder who can be able to supply those passes. I mean, we're talking about not just that pass. I mean, I, I wish I would have told you to, to to upload this other clip. There was another clip where he made a beautiful pass. I think it was to to Taylor uh, over on the wing as well, and. Pozuelo, man, you could just tell that he has perfect timing. He knows when to lead the pass. He oh, knows sure. when to loft it over. It's um, it's it's just a different different game now. I, I mean, I just wish that I just wish that we would have been able to, con you know, oh man. And I was just thinking about that offsides with where Pozuelo got the goal. You know, before we before what we get off shame. of Iguain, before we get off of Iguain, I just want to play this one last thing. That I got. This is a, a video that I recorded myself. But let me tell you something. When this happened, I was just. It was. Oh my Can my do you hear that? Yes. In what world, a month ago, if you would have told me that we would have had Iguain chance at Drive Pink Stadium, I would have told you you were insane. Yeah. When that started, yeah. it, it was it was just, I, it was just crazy to me. 
Well, I think the tide is turning. I think um, I think Campana, you know, lately he's been getting on the field limited minutes. Um, you know, he just he's recovering well, he off of an injury. Yeah, he's recovering off an injury. He's getting limited minutes. Um, I, I don't I don't think that I don't think that uh, Campana should be too worried in terms of what he's going to be bringing to the table. I don't think that he's going to go back to like a 20, 30 minute player. Um, I, but the, I, I just feel like know, right now you got to ride the wave while it's hot. I, I want to get into the whole Campana Higuain thing uh, it, it, when we start talking about the next game. But let's finish up with, with this game. Now, our offense was clicking, right? It, it, we were. That's the best offense I think we've played all year. Now, yes, one thing that I definitely. noticed is that we were playing very high. All our defenders and everybody was just pushing up high. They were pressuring. They were winning a lot of balls in the midfield. Now, where is the issue with pressing up that high? That you keep yourself vulnerable to counters. And, and they countered the hell out of us. Now, that first goal. Now, if you look, we have it up on YouTube. You see McVeigh. McVeigh was playing left back. He should have been closing out on Powell a long time ago. But I feel like McVeigh, yeah. because he's been placed in so many different positions, from center back to left back, right to, back to center back, instead of closing out on Powell, you see he drifts into the box. Yeah. Like, watch him. He's drifting into the box. Almost like he's like, oh, where's my left back? Where's, who's going to cover him? Oh, that's right. That's me. And it's too late. I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm, it's a hyperbole. I'm sure he knew where he was supposed to be, but it's yeah. like we got to figure things out because, man, th those two counter plays in the first half, they were so easy, and I felt like the defenders didn't know what the hell to do or how to defend that. Well, and I, I feel like it's it's like what Phil Neville said in his post game interview. It's just lapses in judgment. It's just uh, people not really realizing what's going on in the moment. And, and um, you call that the defenders. I think Yedlin was one of the only defenders that was constantly on the ball um, in terms of, of he, he, in this game to me, made a better change in terms of being a better defender than the previous games. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the things that I'm, I'm very, I'm very noticing of, of the play for Yedlin is that, we take advantage of his speed in the wing, but then also I think that's an Achilles heel because we're banking on that same speed to recover to play defense. And it's like a whole mind state thing. Like he's running full sprint back. That GPS monitors that the soccer players wear, that's got to be off, it's the, gonna, off the chain for him every it's gonna single start week. Smoking, it's going to start smoking in the middle of the game one of these well, that's one thing yeah, I did notice. Yeah, I, man. I felt like Yedlin was playing up high a lot. He was contributing a lot offensively. But they, when they were getting counted on those counters, there was one or two plays where it was – I was like, all hope is lost because all we have is slow-ass Sailor running back. And then Yedlin comes sprinting from his side of the field all the way across the field and wins the ball down on our end. It, it was – I felt like he used his speed um, at very pivotal moments. It worked out, but I felt like – Man, pressing up that high and not having good center backs to really like hold down the fort when our wings are up that high, man, it was it was just a frustrating game to see the way that we were getting beat on that counter. 
Well, and I, I think, you know, one of the things that we sort of emphasize is that there was uh, poor defending all around. I mean, look at this. This play, to be honest, I don't think that this play was something that was poorly defended in terms of uh, – there was just I'm nothing gonna, you could do I'm going to tell you why I disagree. One, one more time. I'm going to tell you why I disagree. I'm going to tell you why I disagree. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead and rewind it. For those of you listening well, on our streaming platforms, you could also watch on YouTube. This is the I'm second goal this. that we're talking about. Uh-huh. Go uh-huh. ahead. Look, Luciano Acosta, beautiful pass to Brenner. Now, I'm going to tell you why I think that this was so bad and so frustrating. If you bring this back, let me bring it back for you. If you bring this back, you'll see that Sailor was ahead of Brenner. He didn't really mark his man. He didn't really get back. At some point, he kind of just starts jogging slowly. And and look right here. He hesitates and starts to jog. Why he gives up his... His full sprint, I have absolutely no idea. And when he realizes that the the ball is going to be passed ahead of him and Brenner hasn't stopped running, he's like, oh, crap, too late to catch up. I'm not sure why. I, I mean, I know he's not the fastest guy. I know that he's young. He's had his growing pains. But this play really frustrated me when I watched the replay. Obviously, watching it live, I didn't realize it. But look, he kind of just lets up here. He slows down, and then he's like, oh, wait, got to turn the Jets back on. But guess what? You have no Jets, so it's done. You just gave up that goal. I, I'm looking at this play, and you're right. Uh, you know, as you could see, the cross is about to come. And right as the cross is coming, you do see a little bit of a hesitation. Yeah, he, he which, lets up. He lets up. It could have been the difference between adding that little bit of pressure. I don't think he would have made the ball. That's for sure. I, w- I don't think he would have made the ball. I think that that ball, just the way that it was passed, and no, the, no, that was a beautiful pass. The man. angle and the trajectory. I mean, this was one of the best passes that I've I have seen. heard. I've heard a lot of people getting on low also for not closing out on Lucho before that pass. But I don't want to get on low so much. I feel like low out of all the four defenders was the one that had the most decent day of all of them. I know Yedlin was contributing a lot on offense. But like you said, got caught off base coming back on defense. But our left side, McVay and Saylor had horrible days. Well, and and that's I, I don't know if you remember we talked earlier this week and I was talking to you about Sailor and McVeigh and you know one of the things that sort of uh, stands out to me is, is you know Mabika to me it seems like him and Lowe have been playing very very well consistently in the center back positions mm-hmm. and I, I just don't understand what's happening in terms of why don't they all always have them starting in every game i know you mentioned that uh sailor has been playing very very well you know mcveigh has been doing his part as far as playing left back and we got gibbs too i I mean it's just what i mean gibbs was injured for the beginning of the season and mcveigh kind of took over that left left back position but i feel like mcveigh is better suited at center back he played center back in that nycfc game and i thought i felt like he played well i feel like we should if they're going to make changes on the defensive end, they don't play Mabika. I think because he's a little slow. Um, I mean, he's okay. I, I guess I, him and Sailor, a lot of people give, you know, a lot of props to Sailor and not to Mabika. I feel like they're, they're about the same level. I don't think there's a, there's a big difference there. I, if it were me, I'd put McVeigh next to Lowe and I'd bring Gibbs on a left back or Noah Allen. Let's bring Noah Allen up. Let, let's give him some run a left yeah. back. Yeah. That, sure. That's what I would love to see. Bring McVeigh to center back. Get Noah Allen that left back position. I would love to see that. And Yedlin out of the right, low 
And he's hungry. Back. He's hungry for that. Yes, 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 yes. Come on. I, th- that's what we should do. But for the time being, I don't think they're going to bring Noah. I think they're going to leave him out on, on the second team. So bring McVay into the center back. Give uh, Kieran Gibbs the left back position. And, and let's see what we can do because with only 12 games left, there's not too many changes we can make now. So we kind of just got to hold the fort and hope that our offense keeps producing. And and what do you think about what do you think about some of the substitutions, man? Because I saw that brought up in the post game press conference where they were sort of questioning the direction that was being taken in terms of the substitutions. I, I mean, he, it was a very offensive minded set of substitutions made later in the game. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, this can be flipped heads or tails. What what, what do you think? Well. The, the, uh... Do you look? This was my issue. My issue was not so much that he went offensive because I kind of like that. I feel like Phil Neville's been defensive all year long, and if we're finally clicking yeah. offensively, f it, let's go for it. I, I like that. What I didn't like was that Iguain's finally on fire. He's feeling himself. Yeah, I'm sure that that fire was flaming yeah. out because he's maybe a little tired, but let him and Campana run up top by him uh, for for a little while. Why not? Use two strikers. Yeah. Um, but he took out Iguain for Campana. I won't. Okay. I guess that's fine. My biggest issue yeah. is that our three best players, in my opinion, are Iguain, Pozuelo, and Robert Taylor, at least in the, first, in that, the beginning of that game. Yeah. And all three players got, got taken out. Why? Why are you going to take out the I, three I top think players? that the idea. Yeah. I think that the idea of bringing on offensive, you know, offensive-minded substitutions, I think it's great. And one of the things that to me stand out is that we're getting better on offense, and I feel like as a def- as a team defensively, we're very good. We're we're pretty consistent in terms of our performance on the defensive side. I feel like this may be a game that sort of slipped through the waist, uh, you know, and, and it's something that we kind of have to learn from. Um, so I'm not too worried in terms of how we're going to be performing defensively. I think, you know, when it comes to these substitutions, I feel like maybe defensive substitutions would have made the bigger difference. Bring on fresher people, bring on more aggressive people, people willing to take a couple more tackles or whatever the case is. I feel like offensively we were doing pretty good and there was no reason to take out Iwain. I think that maybe uh, putting, you know, Campana... In a wing position, at least for the last 20 minutes, I don't think anybody would have said anything. Um, no. You know, they, taking they, out they Robert Taylor, I don't mind taking Robert Taylor out. No, yeah, I and mean, I don't, I, and I don't mind taking Robert Taylor out. But to me, to me, what well, one of the things that I like is you bring up last, you bring out Lassiter, who's been injured for a while, forever, is what it feels like, and yeah. then you're bringing in a player who has never played Coco. You bring him on for an important, you know, 20 plus minutes. And no, no, he came in the 80th first... minute. He Oh, okay. I mean, so he like... came in late in the 80th minute. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, you're bringing him in towards the end of the game. I mean, the the tide turned quickly after mm-hmm. the 80th minute. That's two goals yeah. that they scored right after yeah. that. Yeah. But I, I will tell you and, that and I, I, as I a whole the... I was going to say the biggest difference I thought in the game that I felt like nobody really talked about 
was that goal that Pozuelo scored. Because Pozuelo scores this goal, and, man, that was really close. I don't know if that was really offside, but let's say it was offside. I thought that it, we went up 4-2, and I think Cincy, it almost tore their hearts out. And when that got called back, I felt like it gave them back life. And you know what they did right after that? They went ahead, and they subbed out three of their defenders. Yeah. When they subbed out those three defenders, our offense was not clicking like it was. It kind of like went dormant for the next 30 minutes or so. Yeah. And I felt like that resurgence was like a second win for them. And it took them a while to finally tie the game. But they weren't playing. They they saw they almost scored four on us. Let's take out three defenders out of our four, get fresh legs in there, and let's see what happens. And, man, they almost pulled off a a big-time upset. What really upset me uh, about the whole ordeal with the offsides or not offsides play is I was watching highlights. I believe Orlando played Philly just recently. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure who who they played recently. Let me just take a couple minutes because I want to be able to double check this. I was watching Orlando highlights uh, a little okay. bit a, a little bit after they they um, Inter Miami played. And Orlando in that game, um, I'm trying to see here. Jeez, I wish I didn't. I'm trying to filibuster so I can buy some time here. Well, Um, make sure that you scrub your computer afterwards because for sure after watching Orlando highlights, you're going to be with a a couple of STDs of viruses in there. For sure. So so I was watching I was watching Orlando and DC United. That's the game I was watching, Mm -hmm. uh, the highlights. Mm and what a beautiful there game. Yes, that's right. Were, there were, I believe, two plays, yeah. uh, two goals out of the three total that were scored in that game that mm-hmm. were clearly offsides. That's one. And two, immediately after the offsides, the goal was scored. So it wasn't like the play that you just mentioned now where – you know, it was passed over to it was passed over to Taylor, and then Taylor sort of sat on it, made some moves, and then kicked the pass over to Pozuelo. No, right. This happened immediately after the supposed offsides could have been called or not, and it was clear as day these two <laughs> out of the three goals. So when I saw that, I said to myself, "You gotta be freaking kidding me, MLS." But you know what? I'm not going to kill him for that because without those two offsides that they let count, Orlando wouldn't have lost. And because of that, if you look at the table, we're still in pretty decent shape because every team ahead of us either lost or drew. So we really lost no ground somehow. What we did is we lost a great opportunity is what we did because right now we'd be seven and seventh place. Well, that's well that that brings me over to the next question, Uh, you know, does this feel like it's a win or a loss to you? Because to me, it feels like a win. It feels like a big time win, even though uh, it ended, you know, poorly in a tie, you know, uh, but it felt really good to see the, the, the team playing better offensively and not just one time, but over the last three or four games. Uh, I will tell you momentarily, Momentarily, uh, um, this is when it felt like a win. Nicely back was left. McVeigh! 
at that point, yeah. yes, it felt like a win because I was so heartbroken that after that offensive performance that we we're going to go and leave with zero points at home, that that was going to be big time and that not only we're going to lose, but Cincinnati was going to gain three points. So at that point specifically, it felt like a win. But as I got home and I digested everything and I realized and I watched it over and I realized the lost opportunity, it feels like a loss. It, it really does because yeah. we should have had that game. Phil Neville said it best. We shouldn't be drawing to that team. He said it just like that with the utmost disrespect. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. loved it. He said we should yes. not be losing to yeah. that Cincinnati team because it, it, we outplayed them offensively, but they caught us on counters and, and it was just, they weren't focused. It, it was just, it was a shame is what it was. It was a shame. It, well, it's definitely a shame to lose to Cincinnati. I mean, just looking at the standings, they're in seventh place for absolutely no reason right now. Uh, looking at the standings. Because they just draws, the draws, 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 draws. Yeah. So I mean it's 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 definitely defeating, especially seeing that we just drew with them, where we really uh, consistently were dominating that game. Uh, you know, other than some lapses on defense where they took advantage, you know, we we clearly were 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 the superior team on the field that day on the pitch. On the pitch. Now looking at I the am. standings, we have twenty six points. We're in eleventh place. But look at fifth place. I'm not even looking at seventh. Look at fifth place. They're at 30. And we have one game in hand, which we play tomorrow. After tomorrow, let's say we win, which I'm going to say it already before we even talk about the game. I think we should win. But let's say we win. We end up with 29 <laughs> points. We're tied with Cincinnati. And we'll have the same amount of games played. So we'll yeah. be tied with Cincinnati for seventh place. Like, we're still in good shape. Like, we, yeah. we still have to believe because things can still – happen we can still make the playoffs like we have i don't know how but even through these bad losses and draws we've been getting results in other games and we still have a chance we're not that far off well i think the 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 idea is to sort of try to get ourselves sandwiched in between the five and the seventh spot the fifth sixth and seventh spot because i feel like we're not going to be able to get to the point of getting in the top four seeds. No, of course uh, which I could, I could oh, see no. it happening. I could see us getting into the top seven for sure. Uh, but it's definitely going to be tough sledding, especially with the road games coming up. You know, it's, it's going to be a hell, hell of a damage to the team as far as travel <laughs> is concerned. Well, I don't know if you saw that they're going to be traveling 7,600 miles in three days. Like did the MLS schedulers not really like care to like really, look at these things yeah that, that, there could have been some sort of modifications being done it's blas it's blasphemy and then on top of that you know i'm, I'm looking at this they're playing montreal tomorrow uh, i mean i don't know how well they, they are as a team san jose i tomorrow. haven't seen too many oh they played oh, okay. okay they play san jose tomorrow so i don't know you know how well of a team they are. I've, I think I've seen maybe one or two games, as far as highlights are concerned. You know what? Are there any sort of players that that we need to be watching out for, or anything like that? Uh, so, so San Jose has the worst defense in the league. Now let's bring this all back. Now that we're oh, going to talk great. about tomorrow night's game, let's talk about tomorrow night's game. 
So we got San Jose, 10.30 at night. Uh, so I'll be staying up late to watch that, like I'm sure all Inter Miami fans will. And they have the worst defense in the league. Now, usually that would be something that we're like, okay, that's good. Easy win, right? Well, no. Yeah. We played against one of the worst defenses, and we scored four goals. So obviously we can score against bad defenses. But our Achilles heel seems to be scoring on the road. We've played 10 road games. Now, yeah. if you had to take a shot in the dark, Chris, how many goals do you think we've scored in those 10 road games? Six. Six. Good guess. Lower. Oh, my goodness. Four? Four goals, sir. We scored four goals. We've been shut out wow. six times. Six times on the road. We've scored four goals. And each one of those was a single goal in each one of those games. By some miracle, we beat Seattle 1-0, but that's only because they were preparing for their Champions League game later that week. So we got their B team for most of the game. One goal in four games. I'm sorry, one goal in each of those four games and then six shutouts. We're one, seven, and two. And I'm not saying seven draws. Seven losses. Like, it's been pathetic. So – now we go into San Jose, the worst defense in the yeah, league. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then I think that this is the perfect time for them. I think this is the perfect time for them to turn it around. I mean, we we got two road games. Uh, we got two road games coming up, super duper important. Um, you know, this is definitely going to be something where we're going to be able to tell. You know how much how much they're going to be able to show the fan base uh, exactly what they can be able to do on the road. I mean, well, they haven't showed a shit yet this year. But, yes, if they can't perform and get a W tomorrow night, I'm sorry, there is absolutely no hope for this team. Because in September, we have more road games than home games. Like, we need to get the ball rolling on the road. We need to at least have three points tomorrow and at worst, at worst, one point on Saturday against Montreal. Montreal being one of the better teams in the East. If we can't muster out four points in the next two games, I'm sorry. I, I lose all hope because right after that, guess who comes to town? Yeah, it's going to be uh, NYCFC. Yep. <clears throat> so it doesn't get any easier. So they need you know, they need to win tomorrow. Yeah, I think tomorrow is for sure is a must win, a- a- at least to get – at least to get the momentum going. I feel like uh, tomorrow's game is, a, is sort of a momentum game. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb on a prediction, and uh, I'm going to say that uh, Emerson's going to come in and score two goals. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's enough of Emerson's stuff. All right, I, I do think that we are going to win 2-1. I feel, like, I feel like, you know what? I think I might go with 2-0 because – I feel like the one thing that will make the difference is not just the goals, but we need a clean sheet. We need to be able to have a game where we can be able to dominate offensively uh, and also be able to have zero points scored on calendar. And um, and, and I think it's going to be 2-0 at the end of the day. Well, their leading scorer is Jeremy Abobise, and he has 12 goals, which is just two off of the league lead. So – they have a forward striker that can score. <coughs> Will they keep him off the board? I have no idea. Now, I have a question for you. After, since watching what happened with Cincinnati, 
and knowing that we're poor offensively on the road. Do you hope Neville comes out with the same offensive aggression playing a high line, or do you want him to go back to the more conservative defensive approach? I think that he's going to keep the aggression going, especially considering that he played as a defender in his career uh, playing soccer. I feel like he understands that there's no better time than now to start hitting the ground while it's hot, especially with the fact that we need to generate offense. So we need to make that push forward. And he's basically going to look at the defenders and be like, you guys got to put your big boy put your big boy pants on and you got to play some defense because we need this game not just for goals but we need this game hey we're not just some team that you can be able to walk over defensively well i feel like uh, inter miami has been doing a good job of creating a lot of opportunities and look montreal like i said worst defense i'm not montreal i'm sorry san jose Worst defense in the league. Not only have they given up the most goals, which is, I think, it's 45, but they've given up by far the most shots. So you can create opportunities against this team. And from what I was looking at the stats, they have by far the most long balls of anybody. So it doesn't seem like they're a very possession-heavy team. They seem to go count on yeah. the long ball a lot. <clears throat> so um, I'm feeling relatively good about this game. I feel like the way our offense has looked recently in the last – at least our last two home games. I feel like things are starting to click with Lasseter back. I, I love him on the left side. I know a lot of people like yeah. Vasilev. I think Vasilev is best as a late sub. I just don't like him starting. Yeah. So hopefully Lasseter gets to start. If it were up to me, this would be the starting 11. This would be my starting 11. Now, the only reason I put McVeigh at left back, even though earlier I said I wanted my center back, is because I don't think that Neville's going to go with that. So if he's gonna keep McVeigh at a left back, I'd keep I'd put McVica at center back. And man, please give me Bryce Duke and Pozuelo. Please, please, Neville. Please. I, let me let me tell you, I I totally agree with with the team that you have there. And on top of that, I I think that Bryce Duke deserves to start. I feel like Gene Mota kind of needs to take a chill pill, um, you know, because. Not only is he, uh, not only has, have I noticed that he's been a little bit trigger happy, but defensive, but he's been, there's passes that he makes that are nice, but then there's some passes that I think to myself, what, what did you see there, guy? Like, why did you make that pass? In, in the first half, I was seeing, I forgot who it was. Somebody posted, uh, one of the reporters posted that, that Mota might have had his first, best first half of the season because his completion rate was really high. He had won a couple balls. But let me tell you something. Just going based off of the second half, to me, I have an untrained eye. I see it from a fan's perspective, okay? Yeah. So maybe these reporters and players, they have a better eye for what's going on. I think that guy looks lost on defense. That In the second half, first half, okay, fine. But second half, I thought he looked lost. He was running around everywhere. And and we had, like, our seats are right behind the, the – in the south stand right behind the goal. So I had a perfect view of those two late Vasquez goals. Mota, to me, looks lost back there defensively. So if we're, we have him back there because we think he's a great number six, I, I, I'd rather put Duke there and go more offensive and leave Gregory back there. That, that's me. Do you think that the Bosuelo effect is affecting Jean Mota? 
because do you I mean, think he's played about... very well before Pozuelo? Uh, uh, I mean, he wasn't. He's not bad. I he's mean, not bad. But he, he's not. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see. Like he's not somebody that I'm like. He needs to be on the pitch. No. Like he's what to me. No. Again, maybe my, uh, I don't trade that. I'd rather have Bryce Duke out there and leave Gregory as the holding midfielder. Yeah, I think so. And and Gregory has been very, very aggressive on defense. He's been winning a lot of balls back. Um, you know, he makes very good passes as well. Uh, I think bringing Bryce, Bryce Duke would definitely be able to help us in terms of turning turning the ball into to better plays, especially on the other side of the pitch. Uh Playing opposite of Pozuelo. Well, that, that so let's 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 finish off with tomorrow's game against San Jose. What what are you thinking? You already gave me your score, but I want to know what do you think? You think that Iguain gets the start? Like, is that where we're at, or is Campana going to get the start? I think that Iguain is going to get the start for sure. I he think that Iguain is. Yeah, I think that you got to ride the hot hand. I think he's definitely going to get the start. I feel like uh, if there's any time that Phil Neville is toying with the idea of getting, uh, you know, Iguain and Campana on the field at the same time, I think that this is the game that he has to take advantage of that. Yes, this game is the game. I would love that. Uh, I think that it would be a bad decision for him to bring on Coco. Uh, I don't know if he's going to have Coco travel with the team. Uh, I think that I think that it was a very I think that it was a very safe play for him to play Coco in in the in the first game being a home game, but I feel like right now you got to put the business suit on, and you got to put your best out there. Whether you you're just or, mad that Emerson didn't get on there instead of Coco. Don't, I am kind of pissed about that. <laughs> Let's be honest. You're just mad that Coco got the minutes over Emerson. <laughs> yes, I am pretty pissed about that. Like, who is this guy? I never seen this guy in my life. And I was ready to start today's episode of Coco pull off a miracle with that uh, Chief Keep song. I'm in love with the Coco, so I have it on deck. Oh yeah, so Coco does something perfect. big. I got it on deck. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for that day. Uh, for tomorrow, I'm expecting a W. We need a W. I think the offense. I think Neville will come out offensive, aggressively. Like he did, I think that we'll have a lead, and this time he'll play it safe in the 70th minute instead of going more offensive to keep scoring. I think once we have the lead, he might park the bus a bit and go a little more defensive. But I do think we, I think we get three tomorrow. I think we get three. I think San Jose maybe gets one. I think we win three to one tomorrow night, and we end up with three points and uh, hope for the best. I, I definitely could see that happening where he plays it a little safer at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, of, instead of keeping the throttle at you know full, full, full force, um, I'm just afraid that that might turn into you know the 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 super comeback for San Jose, where they you know get a goal away from tying, or they tie it up, and then we got allowed this last minute heroic crap like we do in every single damn game. It's kind oh, of because- getting it's kind of getting old. No, no, for sure, and no, and because you're 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 predicting a closer game, right? You you said two one, um, yeah, I can see that. Maybe if it is two one, maybe he plays doesn't play it as safe because he's scared of giving up that goal and then not having any offensive weapons. 
Um, I don't know. I I think that he'll play it safe, like you said. Um, I think that this game will be relatively easier. Uh, I forgot what the guy's name was, but one of San Jose's better young players that plays center back, he just got transferred to another team. So uh, yeah. another country, I forgot what league. So they lost a key player on defense. So to add to the fact that they're already bad defensively, they just lost a starter. Not, so I mean, that, a key starter. So that could only bode well for us. Now, my question is what this means if Iguain keeps playing well, what this means for Campana. Because I, I don't know how Neville's going to play this. I'm very interested to see how this plays out. You know what I'm really interested in? And I'm interested in, in the time that Phil Neville has been coaching the team. I really would like to look back at how he had the starting lineups for his teams in every game. And I want to look back at any games that he ever had a two-striker system. Because I feel like if there's any time that he ever had one, I think that he would probably utilize that. I think he might have started Campana Iguain at some point this season. I think that he had Iguain playing the... The, the 10 role, right? The center center mid. Yeah. But at this but at this point, Bosuelo is holding that position and he's holding it down well. I don't know if yeah. you want Iguain uh playing out in the midfield. I he has to be striker. Just just put two up top. What does it hurt? Try it out against the worst defense in the league. This yeah. is the best time to try it out. Well, yeah, I think so. I think this is the best time to try it out. Well, we'll see how the, the starting 11 looks. Hopefully, we get Bryce Duke over Mota, which I highly doubt because he loves Mota and he thinks that he's good defensively. Again, my untrained eye, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is good defensively. I don't know. We'll see. But with that said, we are the men in pink. This has been episode number seven of Battered Herons, and we will catch you after this game or after the Montreal game. I'm not sure. My, my boy Chris is going over here having a honeymoon over there in uh, in Chicago. When, when are yes, you coming and back? I can't wait. When, when are you coming back? I can't wait. I'll probably be back on Saturday. It'll be Saturday that I'll be back, and hopefully we can be able to get on and, and talk about a win with San Jose, and, and then we can be able to hopefully get on on Sunday and talk about another win. All right, so we'll see. Well, I don't know when episode eight is going to be, but we'll be here. So thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys on the next one.